you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I have a very special guest on tap for today. This is going to be a really fun and deeply interesting conversation. Joining me as my guest is Emily Rawlings. Emily is a natural idealist. All right. Suffering from anxiety for the majority of her life, she experienced, in fact, a complete breakdown of her body, mind, and soul. In the midst of the breakdown, Emily realized she didn't know how to listen to herself so that she could determine what she actually needed. This empowered her to investigate what the real issue was and address it once and for all, never to return to this place in her life. Now, Emily has devoted her time and energy to helping others who have suffered similar instances in their lives with her self-care strategy program. Emily is passionate about spreading the message of self-love and self-care through her books and courses that have changed the lives of many. All right, Emily, welcome to Decide to Transform. Great. Thanks, Tomas. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. And clearly there's a lot of experience that has led you to this point. And I think what jumps out the most is that you spend a lot of time on the importance of self-love and self-care. But let's back up here before we get to how that plays into your, your life and your work right now. You've mentioned that you suffered from anxiety for the majority of your life. And at one point, you experienced a complete breakdown. So where were you in life leading up to that point? Yeah, so this was about five years ago now. And, uh, and I was, I was busy working, I was actually succeeding in my area of business, I was in direct sales, and I was breaking sales records and having a great time. Uh, apparently, though, at the same time, I was um, overworking myself. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was really just, it wasn't just that it was the culmination of, um, now I know it was a culmination of patterns of thinking and the lack of self-care, um, that brought me to that point over many, many years. It just really was, I, I would say like the culmination of all of it to the point where my body just said, uh, yeah, I can't do this anymore. You're not listening to me. You know, you're not seeing the signals and the signs that I'm showing you. Um, you're just keep doing what you think you need to do and you're not consulting me. And so, um, I, and it, and my body just, it gave out. I got more and more tired over months until I wasn't able to get out of bed. I really wasn't able to speak, um, in full sentences or think, um, really clearly. And that, the, the whole thinking piece 
um, and I can go more into all of this, but um, the whole thinking piece and the speaking piece caused me to realize that it wasn't just a motivation issue because I'd actually thought, well, I'm just not motivated enough. I don't have the best, I don't have, I have to fine tune my goals. And this is where I, the mind space I was in. And that's how kind of always how I had seen life. But when the brain thing started happening and my speaking thing, I realized, okay, this is maybe beyond that. There may be something physiological going on. And then I started to um, seek out doctors and things. And that was, that itself was about a six month journey. Okay. Wow. And, and yeah. this was five years ago. Now, what were your days yeah. like when you began to experience this breakdown? You mentioned you were in direct sales and, and were heavily right. involved in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, I just didn't know how, and it didn't, like I said, it was the direct sales piece was definitely, I say, it would say a, a piece of it, but really more than that was just the fact my mind space and that I really wasn't able to turn things off. Oh, okay. I didn't really, I really struggled with, and I even knew that, but I still wasn't able to, I was struggling with like boundaries. So like just time boundaries and, and obligation boundaries. So like if from the, from the minute I woke up in the morning till I went to bed at night, I was just going, going, going. Okay. And I just felt like this drive, this obligation to like prove myself, oh, I could do better you know, if I could do this, but what if I could do 10% more of this okay. and just kind of really on this sort of crazy, well, I could do more, I could be better. And, and now I know that a lot of that was informed by um, my undiagnosed anxiety. Um, and then also just my drive for, um, the fundamental piece, which was perfectionism. So um, I also have realized that since then that my perfectionism really was, you know, well, if I could do this, well, then why can't I do more? And chasing this idea yeah. of perfectionism, um, being the best, being the best I could be, being the, being the best in the like, highly competitive, all those types of things. Okay. It's not and not being able to turn it off. Uh, yeah, 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 and not being able to turn that off. It, it's really, um, it, it's a very interesting image. So, would this continue while you slept? Then, I would say, I at that point in time, I was actually able to sleep fairly well. Um, it was the getting to sleep, <laughs> oh. you know, with with a crazy the mind. And then, you know, waking up in the morning and just almost, um, almost in a state of panic. I got gotcha. Almost just like, I got it. I, you mm. know, I missed out. I got it. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to. Um, and it was pretty consistent. I mean, and keep the thing that's interesting to keep in mind is that um, probably about 15 years ago, I had um, really started to delve into mindfulness and meditation. And I actually <laughs> taught this yoga fusion class and I led meditation. And so the thing that's interesting to me as I look back is that <clears throat> I say now that I was flirting with mindfulness and meditation. It wasn't, I didn't have a relationship with it. Like it, it was a good idea. Right. And, and I mm -hmm. agreed and I believed in the power of all of those things, but I hadn't integrated it in a meaningful way into my life to the point where I was reaping consistent benefits from it. I would, 
I would kind of, like I said, like flirt with it, just like here and there <laughs> and be like, oh, I felt really good. When I went to a women's retreat and I, I did the meditation or I did the yoga or I did all the things, oh, I feel really good right now. I feel really peaceful and not really making the connection of that this could fundamentally change everything for me. Okay. So, so I was yeah. aware to a certain extent and I even knew that I was functioning under high level of stress that I was starting to think was probably not sustainable, okay. but I still, but I didn't, I didn't, I still didn't stop. And I still really didn't, I still really wasn't heeding the signs <laughs> that my body was telling me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, a really very, very crystal clear and common image of flirting with meditation, flirting with self-care. And people flirt with exercise. They, they, they flirt and, and dabble and wink at and don't really sometimes delve into it. Now, were, were there particular meditations that, that you liked more than others? I mean, where, where were you headed in that department? That's a great question. Well, so at the end of um, a yoga class or when I would do my yoga fusion, um, you know, I love, of course, I love Shavasana, like mm -hmm. lying, corpse pose, yeah, um, being still. And I really connected to the really more than anything, the breathing. And honestly, that ended up being my salvation um, when I was coming out of my breakdown as I was, as I unlearned everything that, and was learning new again. And that was the first thing that I went to was just breathing. Okay. That was the piece that connected for me. Mm, I love that. For sure. All right. Yes. Well, take us back, Emily, then to the breakdown itself. At, at what point were you aware that something was really, really going on here? Right. Um, yeah. So for the first few months, uh, the preamble, I, I can't even say how long this has actually been coming, but I do remember mm -hmm. my son saying in the previous year with, when I was in another job, he said, and he's, he's 25. So he was, he was older at the time. And so he was about 20 at the time. Um, he said, why are, why are you continuing to work at this job? It's, you're not happy. You're so stressed out, you know? And so he was kind of seeing it and that was sort of when it kind of started. So I actually quit that job. And then I went into direct sales. What was so interesting and, and I always think one of my favorite quotes actually is wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always, it's always been profound for me. Um, a big reason why is because I would watch certain people in my life and certain people in particular, but I won't say who they are right now, but um, that would like chase after things saying, okay, well, this job, this job is the answer. You know, I'm going to be happy and fulfilled when I have this job or let's move across the country. Okay. When I move across the country, then now and, and even at a young age, even when I was, you know, in, as a teenager, um, I started to realize, oh my gosh, this person isn't going to be happy because I've watched it now. And I've been told that, that if this job comes into play, then, then, okay, now I'm going to be happy. And it was an, an adult in my life. And, um, and so very young, I, 
I had become aware of this whole quote, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And so what's so interesting, you know, is that I find myself now in the situation where, okay, I'm going to quit this particular job because I'm stressed out and I'm not happy. And then I'm going to try this new career that where, where, you know, I'm in charge and, and I'm the entrepreneur and, and that is my tendency anyways, I'm a dreamer and I'm all those things. Uh, well, what ended up happening is, is I still took myself into that new space and still got stressed and still, you know, there was definitely pieces of it where I was super, super excited and I loved it and I liked it better than my job and all those types of things, but I still had myself in that space. So, um, so I was working really, really hard and breaking all these sales goals for myself and things like that. It was, it was fun, exciting. Um, but the key for me is that it just wasn't sustainable. That's like become my word um, yeah. to maintain my lifestyle and what I'm doing now. So like it said, when you, when you were reading my bio and sharing my bio is that I am still doing the things that I created and developed five years ago. I'm still doing them and they still serve me because they are sustainable. I can do those things with ease and without a problem. And so that's the piece also that's really interesting. But to answer your question, um, it was probably in the fall time. So it was, it was um, yeah, five years ago, 2016, um, that I started to realize that it wasn't just that I wasn't motivated and I didn't have the right goals. And so I fine tuned those for a while. And then I was like, okay, well, I really don't even wanna do those things. So it was like some, somewhat like this apathy was started to happen a little bit. I wasn't really excited anymore. I was exhibiting signs of burnout. All the things that I didn't know at the time, now I know looking back. Um, and then I also started to notice that no matter how much sleep that I got, after I woke up in the morning, after about two hours, I needed to go back to bed. Oh, and so yeah. this was like, like the actual like energy piece and sleep piece. Um, and then on top of that was that I... I found myself really not being able to strategize and think like critically critical thinking thoughts. And then I also started to notice that I wasn't really able to communicate um, in complete sentences anymore. Mm -hmm. I was really struggling mm -hmm. to just speak. And so at that point, I thought, okay, this isn't a motivation self-discipline issue because I had been judging myself and being like, what's wrong with you? You know? Yeah you just need to be more motivated. And, mm -hmm. and then I realized, okay, this is moving into a space now, something different that I haven't experienced before. And that doesn't seem like it's really in my control anymore. Okay. You know, it got, it got, it got a little bit scared at that point. Mm -hmm. I started to get a little concerned. All right. Now, when you hit that point of concern and getting scared rightfully, right. About this, uh, what, what did you do then? Right. Um, so by this point in time, it was the end of the year. So it was 2016. And uh, I determined that this, I needed to make my health the number one priority. Okay. And I had mm -hmm. said to myself, even if this takes all of 2017, I'm making myself the priority in my health and getting to the bottom of this and understanding what's going on, like beyond everything else. And I, at that point I was 45 and I'd never done that before. I'd never put myself first, okay. never. I mean, I my husband and I got married when we were 20 and I had, and I had my first baby when I was 21. And I've 
And I just was busy, full on doing all of that. Um, and, I, and I think also it has to do with just my personality and my wiring that it, that it really didn't make sense to me to put myself first. Like, and also just, you know, society and what was, what I was, was patterned for me and things, mm-hmm. um, just with my parents and things. And so, um, this was like kind of a radical thing for me personally to, to claim that I was going to put myself first, um, and figure out what the heck was going on. Like enough was enough kind of was how yeah. I was feeling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, enough is enough. And you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that you, that you shared the piece about your, your upbringing and some of the history, because really this is something that's quite common where either by one's upbringing or circumstances in life, with having children, whatever it is, that uh, people don't often have the opportunity to even think about putting themselves first. So did you begin to experience any, any sort of a shift or a change once you, once you really made that decision? Because when you made it, as you've said, you were in the midst of this physical and mental breakdown. Yeah, uh, just, and I was so determined to do this and I was 100% committed to it. So mm-hmm. I believe that within that was, was a massive shift. Okay. So just that mindset of, of saying 100%, this is just, this is just the way it's going to be. And I'm going to be unapologetic about it um, to myself, mainly, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really have anyone else to apologize to because my kids were gone at the time and my husband was being super supportive and was just kept saying like, I don't know what to do. Like, how can I help you? Like out of a space from a space of concern. So I, what I see now is that I just took the reins and I said, you know, I'm going to be my advocate and I'm going to fight for myself until I can find I didn't even know reasons, answers, okay. solutions. I didn't know at that point All right. what I was looking for, really. Okay. Well, then how did the next step unfold? You'd made the decision, but you weren't sure about the next steps. What right. happened after that? So I really started um, looking at it from a medical standpoint. So mm-hmm. I started to go to um, my, my, uh, per, my primary care physician, um, I got, um, psychological testing done. And that was when I found out that I had generalized anxiety disorder, okay. um, and then also OCD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually had OCD of persistent negative thoughts. So that played into mm-hmm. the perfectionism piece, I believe. Um, and so what, I, what was actually really interesting was a psychologist that I worked with to get my diagnosis for my generalized anxiety disorder. She said, you know, she said, you have really high anxiety. I can't mm. believe that you've just been functioning for as long as you have, uh. um, like kind of just normally. She said, if, I bet if you got tested for cortisol levels and adrenaline, it would be really high because she says you're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And what had actually happened was actually previous to that, I had found um, this amazing woman. She's actually a, was a physician's assistant in town and I connected with her. Um, 
through like a different avenue previously. And um, she actually said, I want to test your levels. And she found when I got my tests back, it turned out that I had no cortisol at all. My body just stopped producing it. Um, and so I actually said to the psychologist, I said, well, actually that was the case. Like I was producing high levels of cortisol because I was in fight or flight because of my anxiety. But now my systems just, they're done. Like, and that was actually why that was the explanation to why when I woke up in the morning, um, I would have like a little tiny spurt of cortisol to wake up. Okay. And then that was it. And then I wanted to go back to bed. And so then I learned and, and I'm not like a doctor or anything like that, but I did learn enough to know that okay, my cortisol is not sustaining me throughout the day. And the other interesting piece to that, if anyone is curious about that for themselves, the other interesting piece to that is I also was telling my husband that I didn't feel right. It felt off. <laughs> and there wasn't any reasons why. Like I wasn't, there wasn't a particular circumstance. I wasn't diagnosed with depression, but I just felt off. And what I've learned since then is that cortisol also gives you a feeling of well-being. Okay. Which I had, I had, I had an absence of. Mm -hmm. And so this was like the beginning of the process. And then I started to seek um, alternative, more alternative type, type help. Um, and so it was really a combination of um, like Western medicine and then like alternative medicine and different modalities that I sort of drew from over the next few months okay. to find some answers and to, um, to, and I actually did end up getting on medication for a while just to like get a little stabilized. And, and then, um, you know, that's a whole other conversation that I can't really speak to. Um, but um, it was a really interesting combination of things. And then within that framework, while I was doing those things, I would also, with this is where I say that I accidentally found present moment. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the piece that was like the, as I addressed my physical needs and like my mental, as far as anxiety went, okay. my, my transformational piece that I believe started when I accidentally found present moment. Okay. So take us through what that actually looked like and, and felt like, and was like for you to accidentally find present moment yeah so it's so interesting um i find that the universe has i believe the universe has a sense of humor oh yeah yeah Definitely. <laughs> you agree, you agree. Yes, completely. Um, and so how i sort of imagined a conversation going with me in the universe would be um along the lines of okay, Emily, I gave you signs along the way for the past few years, little warning signs, warning signals along the way that you didn't listen to, didn't pay attention to. And so you continued on this path and you find yourself in a place where you literally can't even get out of bed. Um, and what the universe I imagine was, would be saying in these like funny conversations I would have with myself is, well, now all you can do is sit and be. Mm -hmm. That's literally all you can do. You, you don't have, you can't think clearly, you can't speak, you can't really get out of bed. So I 
And it was so interesting because when it was happening to me, I even knew what was happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to be kidding me. Really? Like, really? And, and so I was sort of, it was funny and it was sort of shocking, but at the same time, I felt this huge amount of relief because I felt like now I get to finally do the thing that my soul has been calling me to do that I've been ignoring. And it was this tremendous like excitement and relief almost like oh finally mm-hmm. you know it would just yeah. and and i found myself in the space it, and at first it really was just sitting okay or just sleeping and waking up and just being kind of in this half awake half asleep space and then just sleeping again and being in this interesting halfway space even which was i've never experienced it it was really accidental Mm -hmm. it was not deliberate it just happened right it just happened and it wound up being precisely what you needed so how long were you in this sort of liminal space right before you began to emerge on the other side on and i mean through that whole time. So, and, and right now I'm saying it's like, it was like a six month time type mm-hmm. situation right? Um, where I just let go of all expectations. Okay. Um, I, I let go of any requirements that I had 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 of myself. You know, you need to do this. You should do that. You know, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I, all of that. And And then, and then it started to evolve. So then it was me like wanting to find out, okay, this is a really cool space. I want to learn more about it. So then I found teachers that, you know, and a lot of it really was on, for me, it was like on YouTube and like, and like audiobooks and this kind of, I became really voracious and I'm actually a really like voracious learner anyways. Uh, But this was like a whole other level because it was like, my it was sustaining me it was I it was it was my life force and so and then at the same time I was also just exploring my own organic practice which I now see as a practice I didn't know I was developing it at the time which was just being in space and oftentimes I would just sit with my dogs I had three dogs at the time and I just would be with them and then I would and then I started breathing and feeling like this conscious breath, um, which I had also flirted with in the past. So I was aware of it, but then I started to consciously breathe. And then actually in, all the, in the process of all this, which I haven't said is my background as a dancer and a fitness instructor for my whole life um, was my body had shut down and my back was hurting and my hips seized up. And so I really, I felt like I was unmade. Like I was a blank slate and everything got taken away from me. And I was like, oh my God. And so, I started to sit, I started to breathe and I started to like really gently move, like move my hips, um, really gentle stretches, like so gentle. And then it kind of grew from there. I started to like move more and maybe do a little like actual stretching and do maybe some yoga. Okay. And it, it was just, so it was a very slow process for me. Um, and I really, looking back, I really believe that it needed to be in order for me not to try and insert 
the whole perfectionism like okay well if you're practicing yoga you should be doing xyz you should be waking up at five o'clock in the morning and doing your meditation because this was my 10 this is still my tendency can be my tendency and i was like no i'm gonna move if it's what i want to do right now Mm -hmm. i'm gonna sit and breathe if that's all i want to do right now and it and that slowly organically evolved and that's actually what might be the moment process is it's it's the seven layers of my present moment practice that organically developed for me. And I created into this um, free guided practice that people can have that took me one level building upon the other. And it was how I moved through the process and became functioning again, really. Okay. Was what happened. Yeah. All right. So it's a seven step process that you yourself went through and now you, you teach. So would you Mm. take us through what those seven steps are? Sure. Yeah. So the first um, step is to be, I'm trying to remember my order now is be the body. So Mm -hmm. it's literally just being grounded in space and connecting to your senses and connecting to tactile things around you. Um, Really just connecting to your space and your body in space and present moment. And then the next layer is uh, be the breath. And, and these were, this is exactly what I went through in my own experience. So be the breath is connecting to your conscious breathing in present moment. And then the next step is to be nature. And so what I found was sitting with my dogs or sitting outside in the grass or sitting in the sunshine um, also helped me. And all of this is how different ways that I had access to present moment. Okay. Yes. And then, and then, yeah. And so, and then it goes from there. So, so be, be movement. Mm. So as I shared this, and then to be um, be the observer. So I also learned how to not take every thought as fact, because being uh, with anxiety, suffering from anxiety and suffering from per- perfectionism and OCD, thought was a huge piece for me. Sure. And I was torturing myself with thoughts, really, which what comes down to it. And I really trace everything back. My breakdown, I believe, was because of my thought patterns. And so um, so learning how to be the observer, and this all happened, like I said, super organically. And it wasn't until after I looked back and I learned and studied more that I understood what was happening. Like, oh, now I know that, that I was being the observer, but I didn't really know that. Um, and then the next level is to be curious or be a child. And so um, in my organic process I started to find myself going back to times in my life when I was a child and when I was just sitting in the sunshine and I was full of joy and I didn't notice that time was passing and um and and being really just really super curious and interested and excited and and so that be childlike or be curious and then the final step is um be eternal and the piece that's so interesting for me about the be eternal piece is I truly believe that that when we are in present moment, we actually enter into this space of timelessness. So what I, how I explain it to people is, you know, if you're creating something or you're doing something that you really love, 
or you're in the zone, people call it in the zone, you like trans, you're, you feel like you're actually transcending time and space and you're entering into this other space where you feel almost like unlimited or like pure potential. Mm-hmm. And so I believe, right? You're like, oh, yeah. yes, yes. So oh, that yeah. when, when you're in, when you're, I believe when you're truly in present moment and you're truly connected in, in however way that you can find a way to be, you are now eternal you are now in this space of being eternal. So that's my process. <laughs> I, I love it. But yes, and I love the culmination of it. And this sounds, uh, and you know, you mentioned that it developed organically as the result of a process that you yourself went through. And it sounds like many other processes. And this is actually where you start by just feeling the sensations in the physical body. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you realized that you had a a process that you could then work through with people, how did you begin doing that? How did you begin working with them on this? Yeah, it was so interesting. So what actually ended up happening was um, I just was kind of in my blissed out um, Mm. (laughs) state for a few years. Okay. Uh, After that, I really just was Mm. still like, re like learning how to be like re-entry so like learning how to take this process and like be a functioning person again okay. in society sure. and like helping we my husband and I have a construction business so helping with that and I actually still am in the direct sales company um and I actually within that time period I started what I called in belief and powers which is my umbrella under which I write my book and my courses and things like that. And so I actually started to have um, just friends and family come to my house in my little space and I would just guide them through the process. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, it really, it wasn't a process yet. It was still, still an organic phase. So I would just, we would just get grounded and we would breathe and we would move together. And so I had this little group of people mm. and then, um, and then I started to do um, a little bit um, online and um, just little things here and there. Um, just like I said, with like friends and family. And I did that for a few years. Uh, and then um, COVID happened <laughs> and um what was really interesting is right before COVID, I had actually become certified in this movement okay. um, modality, mm. uh, which is more like a dance, intuitive dance. All right. And um, so it was like all of the things, all my passions like put together. So I'm still, I'm still playing around with that, but because of COVID, I put, kind of put it on the back burner. Um, but it, when I, in 2020, I started to receive these like chunks of information in my meditation time. And I was like waking up really early in the morning. I started to write them down and I realized, Oh my gosh, I'm writing a book. Uh, And so then I wrote, then I wrote my book foundation, (laughs) which is, is based on all the things that I've just been sharing um, just in a little bit different packaging than my process my be the moment process. Um, And so that's basically how I've been reaching out to people. So 2020, I wrote my book. And then this year, 2021, um, is when, when I have been just on social media and connecting with people, I do a lot on clubhouse. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the audio app. I am. Um, yeah. And so reaching out and creating community that way, and then giving people access to my book, um, 
and my process is that way. I'm not sure if that answered your question or not. Well, it, it certainly but... did. It, it <laughs> okay. certainly did. And it's it's a natural progression of, of going through this process to realizing, okay, I've got a book on my hands to writing the mm -hmm. book. And, and now here we are. So tell us mm -hmm. a little bit more, if you wouldn't mind, about the book. Is this available for purchase now? Yes. Yep. It's on Amazon and it's available in print, soft copy, soft copy. It's available audio, book, mm -hmm. Kindle, okay. all, the, all the ways. And it's on Amazon. I wanted to make it really accessible for people. Um, and you can also get it um, if you click on the link in my website, which is emilyrawlings.com. Okay. So mm -hmm. you can find it there too. I, I like to make it accessible for people. The interesting thing about my book um, is it's not just a book. I call it actually, it's called Foundation, my book, because I believe that this was the foundation on which I was able to build the life that I'd always truly wanted. Okay. And I just couldn't get there. And I didn't sure. know how to get there. So if anybody's like, yeah, I know that there's this life and I know that I want it. I just can't quite get there. Mm -hmm. And so it's the, the book is um, really designed for someone that's sort of in that space that I had been in, that maybe feeling overwhelmed, uh, thinking that they may be in burnout or heading towards burnout, and they just don't know what to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so this is what the book is. And it's, it, it shares some of my story where it's relevant. Um, I actually made it really short mm. and really manageable because I was imagining if, if, if someone came to me back pre-breakdown and wanted me to read a book, I'd be like, I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to do that, uh, you know? And so imagine yeah. that someone's in that headspace. And so the, these are just like little bite-sized chapters and what's really cool is, is it also comes with a meditation companion okay. um, so that each chapter then has a guided meditation that I lead that allows the person to implement the concept that we've talked about or that I've introduced. And then there's a reflection time. And within the book, there's journal pages and everything. It's like, it's like kind of like a, an adult workbook, All right. you know, it's just like really mm -hmm. accessible and I designed it so that if you did a chapter, there's like seven chapters. So I designed it so that if you did that, you could easily do it in a couple of weeks and you would do it. And then you actually get to read, you get to listen, you get to experience, you get to write down. And there's even a component of speaking. Okay. So I really wanted it to be in, like integrated and get, get consolidated into you. Mm -hmm. So that these weren't just some, it wasn't just something that you were reading about. Like I had said earlier, you know, we're not just flirting now with mindfulness. We're not just flirting with these concepts of being an observer. We're actually going to do the thing so that, so that the reader or the listener can be like, oh, okay. That's how that feels. Mm -hmm. That's what that looks like. But with the guided meditations, I'm, I'm kind of doing the work. I'm just leading you through it. And you're just kind of experiencing it which is why I call it the foundation experience, because I really want it to be experiential and that the reader, the listener, the person that's experiencing the foundation experience doesn't feel like they need to know anything. They don't need to know how to meditate. They don't need to know how to do any of this stuff. It's done for them because the whole point is that you are 
starting to build the foundation for yourself in in the way that works for you that is sustainable for you all right now when people begin to go through the foundation experience as you've described it and and no longer flirting with mindfulness but actually going out (laughs) on a first or possibly even a second third fourth eight yeah (laughs) right yeah progressing so to speak yes but with mindfulness (laughs) how do you then continue working with folks that's a great question. Yeah. So I have um, an email list um, so that when people um, join and get the foundation experience, they actually will become, um, they can choose to become a subscriber. Uh, so they okay. can be mm-hmm. on my, what I call my, my dose of vitamin B and vitamin B stands for be the moment. And they'll receive little thoughts, little emails, really right now, it's just once a week. And I'm continuing to develop new things. And I'm actually have a course right now that that I'm beta testing with some of my subscribers. So, so it's really and the the best way to be connected with me is is doing that um, becoming a subscriber, which you can do on my website. Um, You can also where I'm really super active is my Instagram. Okay. So that's a really accessible way. And that's actually emily.rawlings. All right. Uh, and so, and then Clubhouse. Um, those are really great ways for people to um, connect with me. And I find that I can have conversations. And I actually have had people just email me um, and we can have a conversation. Because it's really nice because at this point, um, I, because I'm really just starting and reaching out to people and creating my community and creating this community of people that really values self-care and really wants to learn and understand. I, at this point, I'm able to communicate pretty directly with people, which is actually really nice. I really like that. All right. Well, and you mentioned Instagram and, and your website, emilyrawlings.com and Instagram, that's at emily.rawlings. And you're also on Clubhouse. Is there a preferred method for people to get a hold of you if they'd like more information? I would say it would be my email, okay. which is emily at emilyrawlings.com. And I will say to people that my name is spelled E-M-I-L-I-E. which is a little bit of a trip up for some people. Um, Yeah, just just emailing me and finding out the ways to connect. And that's all available on my website. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I try to make it all be there, you know? Yes, of, of course. It's a, you know, a catch all. <laughs> That's the point for, of a win for every website, right? That's the yes, point. Yes, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, listeners, I know a number of listeners here are entrepreneurs. So they're quite familiar with having a catch all and many different projects all under one roof. Conveniently, exactly. of course. Yes. And again, yeah. a reminder for the listener, thank you for bringing that up. It's Emily, E M I L I E. Rawlings. Yes. Correct. Well, Emily, I've learned a great deal. And this has been very interesting for you to walk through the organic creation of a process, a healing process that's turned into a book. And now you're the focus of, of your life's work here. So it's a very, very compelling story. And thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Before we wrap up here today, what parting suggestions or information or advice would you have for someone who's interested in in 
in, in self-care in this way? The best thing that I can say right now is um, I invite people to sit and take a deep breath and ask themselves, what is the best thing that I can do for you today? Mm. Um, okay. and, and just honing and trusting um, our soul's knowledge and our intuition. And I truly believe that our soul is communicating to us all the time what we need. It's just that we may not be listening. Mm -hmm. And so if we can just be still and quiet long enough um, and ask, I, I have always had an answer of some kind or another, even if the answer stumps me and I'm like, that's so silly, but it really might be the thing, you know, it might right. be the thing that is most beneficial. And that's the other way I can frame, you can frame it too, is what is most beneficial for me to do right now? Okay. Um, and, and I do that daily like all through mm. the day. Yes. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so, and it, it's such a, it seems, it only seems like a basic question, doesn't it? But it's so important. What is the most It's important so thing? important. Mm -hmm. It's the, it, for me, it has become the most important thing to do. Yeah. 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 It, it really is. And, you know, you've mentioned several different ways where mindfulness is accessible and, you know, I, I certainly thank you from one meditation instructor, mindfulness instructor to the other for, for doing a, a tremendous amount of work in favor of self-care because we all need it no matter what society you're tuning in from. Modern life is pretty hectic. Mm -hmm. Very demanding. It is. It's very demanding. And what we both wish everyone to know is that there are tools out there that are available. And a reminder, the best way to reach Emily is via email, emily at emilyrawlings.com. And a reminder, it's E-M-I-L-I-E, -I -I -E, Emily. All right. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining me here today. This has been a real pleasure. This has been great. Thanks so much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. So have I. And this has been Emily Rawlings here on Decide to Transform. Thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget to get a hold of Emily. Find out about not only the book Foundation, but the entire Foundation experience and prioritize self-care. Guys, thank you for listening.